Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Keith Niebuhr with Auburn Undercover and 24-7 Sports. And this is the Auburn Undercover podcast. It's the uh, week of the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Auburn is heading over to Sanford Stadium in Athens, Georgia, to face the Georgia Bulldogs on Saturday. And in this edition of the show, I'm going to break down some old recruitments and some new recruitments, all with an Auburn, Georgia-centric theme. And there's no better person to join us than Jason Caldwell of uh, Auburn 24-7 and Inside the Auburn Tigers, as he's been covering Auburn Tigers recruiting since, uh, since a lot of you probably uh, were in diapers, Jason. I, I, you're getting up there, buddy. Yeah, getting up there, you know, over, over when, you, when you cross the, uh, the, the two-decade threshold, it, it, uh, it gets a little long in the tooth. But, yeah, it's been a little over 20 years here. All right, Jason, before we break down five key recruitments in this cycle where the prospect could go to Auburn or Georgia, let's go back in time. Let's, let's take that time machine back in history. And, uh, and again, you've been doing this a long time, and I've been covering Auburn for eight years, so I've got more of the recent history. But when we talk about the biggest Auburn and Georgia recruiting battles, you could literally have a conversation that lasted a day long here. Uh, being that all the talent that the state of Georgia has, being where Auburn is located, not even 30 miles from the border, it makes sense that Auburn is going to have to have Georgia as its bread and butter states each year, Jason, each and every year. I mean, it never fails. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, when you start thinking about footprint, um, you know, really that, that's always been a footprint, you know, as close to Georgia as Auburn is. It's been a footprint, you know, since the days of Suge, obviously, Pat Dye, um, when you think about, you know, many of the players that, that played key roles on those Auburn teams in the 1980s, you know, you look at Tracy and David Rocker, you look at you know, Benji Rowland, um, Trey Gaines, um, on and on. Um, so many of those guys were from the state of Georgia and, and played a big part in some, some big Auburn wins. And, and, you know, it's carried over through, you know, you know, Terry Bowden and Tuberville and, and obviously now into, to Gus Malzahn. I mean, you look at just the last couple of years, some really important guys from the state of Georgia have played a big role for the Tigers. Historically, Jason, and you go back about three decades of, of following the program pretty closely. I mean, where would Auburn be if it hadn't had so much recruiting success in Georgia through the years? Oh, it, it would definitely be, it, it's definitely a different thing. I mean, uh, you know, they've had, you know, obviously you, you get guys from the state of Alabama and, Auburn has always gone to Florida and gotten certain guys. There were times, you know, you kind of get these different, you know, different avenues at different times there for a while. It was, it was Dillard where Auburn kind of cycled through and got a bunch of players. And uh, now you got, you know, Sean Shivers and Schwartz kind of all from the same general area. So, but, but without Georgia, um, there's no chance that Auburn would have been a successful a program over the years as it is because, um, you know, that's a talent-rich state, uh, and it's been one now that you're starting to see some guys from Georgia go elsewhere outside of the region, but still for the most part in the southeast, guys tend to stay closer to home. And so because of that, you get your fair share of those guys. 
Jason, you can go back 10, 20, 30 years, and you look at the recruiting rankings, and Georgia's up near the top every year. I mean, every single year. Going back to when rankings started, basically, in the 1970s, late 70s, I guess, through the 80s, 90s. I mean, it's, it's amazing, the recruiting successes that they have had. But Auburn has, for the most part, always been a formidable recruiting foe, not just on the field, not just on the field with the Deep South's oldest rivalry where Auburn and Georgia are almost neck and neck in the career or the all-time you know, standings between, uh, you know what I'm trying to say, the all-time record of the series, but on the recruiting trail. So, Jason, when you think of the biggest Auburn recruiting wins over Georgia, who are some of the guys that come to mind and why? You know, one of the most interesting ones um... – this kind of hit me. One of the most interesting ones is a guy from Mississippi. Jason Campbell was a guy that really all came down to Auburn and Georgia. Uh, and I remember him talking about Georgia and saying, look, they, you know, they booed quarterback and did some things, and it really stuck out to him. And, um, you know, that was one of the, the bigger ones, even though it wasn't a, a Georgia guy. Um, and until recently, there haven't been a lot of guys from the state of Alabama that have left and gone to Georgia. There was in the 80s. Mitch Davis was a, a pass rusher, outside linebacker guy that from Viger High School that was one of the national players of the year and chose Georgia. Uh, it, was, it was an outlier. It didn't happen again for a long time. But that was one that you go back to and go, man, that was that – was, so those two I, th- I think about in terms of uh, maybe in the past were a couple that you look at one that Auburn got, one that they didn't. But I think you look that Jason Campbell, and I mean, for what he did, for what he meant, that an undefeated team, that's, that's a pretty hard one to top. What about in the state of Georgia? Some of the guys that come to mind to me since I've been covering recruiting for 24-7 sports, Montrevious Adams, uh, Carl Lawson. I, I'm not, I don't quite recall. I know Adams was a guy Georgia absolutely was right. recruiting hard. Uh, Carl was a, a – kind of a guy that had to fit the defense and maybe Georgia didn't push as hard. So more Montrevious there, Dontavious Russell, yep. a big one who ended up being, gosh, a, a major, a, major A lot of defensive line guys. Yeah. Gabe Wright was a guy, you know, so there, there's been some of those guys over the That's years, a lot right. of defensive uh, line guys. Dontavious um, Russell was committed to Georgia, yep. flipped. Uh, Darius Slayton was a guy committed to Georgia and flipped. Uh, I think about guys like Marcus McNeil, um, you know, back in the day, a guy that um, from Cedar Grove High School there that, he was a big-time player that you know, Auburn got in on pretty early. Um, so there's some guys that um, may not necessarily have been an Auburn-Georgia battle per se, but some of those guys that wound up – I mean, guy played in the NFL for a long time from the state of Georgia. Right, to me, in this last decade, I think one kind of sticks out above all of them, though, and, and maybe more than just this past decade. And that's Derek Brown. and uh, Five-star defensive tackle, top 15 national recruit at Lanier High School up in the – Buford Sugar Hill area, just northeast of Atlanta. And, and Jason, you'll recall, was a guy that for a long time, almost everybody that covers recruiting had him pegged for Georgia. And to me, you talk about a guy that's All-American, first-team AP All-American, first-round pick, uh, had a major influence over the Auburn program uh, that got to an SEC championship game and was, uh, you know, two seasons where uh, we're really right in the hunt up until the very end. And, um, you know, big plays in the Iron Bowl. I mean, he just did a lot. But, again, for a long time, Georgia was seen as being an overwhelming favorite. But – and you and I noticed this during his recruitment. 
the visits to Auburn were, were fairly frequent. They happened a lot. And during those visits, as we, you and I, and, and, and our counterpart over at the, the other site, we'll, we'll call him JL, uh, he, uh, we would notice that, you know, hey, he's certainly, him and his family are in there a long time in the dining hall with the coaching staff. And, and what was happening was that Rodney Garner was just forming this incredible relationship with not only Derek, but his parents. And at the end of the day, uh, they were great influences in that recruitment. But the significance of the Derek Brown one, uh, Jason, was that you remember he committed on National Signing Day. So it wasn't just beating Georgia for a five-star. It was doing it on ESPN, on national TV, and, and all the publicity that went with it. But it really said, you know, Auburn can recruit with the big boys. And, and we know that, and the fans of Auburn know that. But sometimes other people need to be reminded of that too. How significant was the Derek Brown pickup? Yeah, anytime you you do that um, from the state of Georgia, from Florida, wherever it is, anytime you get a guy like that, um, it's massive. Especially you think about three, really three positions. You think about quarterback, offensive tackle, defensive tackle. Those to me are the three hardest positions to find. There's no there's no sure thing, but you watch Derek Brown, and you go, that's as close to a sure thing as you're going to see. Um, Played top level competition athletic, you know, had, had those basketball skills, background, played tight end. You could, you could see it all the way through. And then when you talk to him, you could, you could feel it that this guy was different. And so, yeah, when you get a guy like that, it, it, it definitely stands out. And, heck, you know, there's a guy on, on the roster right now, Zykevis Walker, could wind up being one of those guys too. Same t- you get the same type of feel that you got from maybe Derek and, and Marlon um, when, you, when you talk to him and you see him already as, as a freshman. And Georgia doesn't uh, – they don't hurt too often on the recruiting show. They lose a guy, and they'll pick up another elite guy, highly ranked guy. But Zykevius Walker hurt. That hurt Georgia. That was another one where Georgia led seemingly throughout the entire process. But behind the scenes, you and I both kept hearing that, hey, this is a small-town guy. He's from Ellaville, Georgia. Very, very small. And, uh, and he fit the culture. That's what Auburn kept thinking, and that's what our sources kept telling us. And lo and behold – uh, Zykevius Walker last year, the day before Thanksgiving, the day before the Iron Bowl game, I, I believe it was the day after Thanksgiving. That's right, committed to Auburn into that recruit. But I put Derek Brown at the top of the list, and unfortunately, I don't have the historical perspective of, of you. I know the names of the players, but maybe not where they came from. But Jason, <laughs> seems like with every big recruiting win over Georgia, there's a big recruiting loss with Georgia. That's how it, it's just as close on the recruiting trail with those big guys as it's been on the field. Uh, the one that stings the most, or two or three that sting the most for Auburn, what would you say? You, you start, because I know where you're going, and that's got to be right there because it's so fresh and because we'll see a lot of him on Saturday. You, you, you go with number one, because I, I think that you've already talked about him you know, some before. You, you start, because I, uh, I think you're right with uh, at least the freshest wound uh, in, this, in this loss category. Oh, you want me to? Oh, okay, well, I mean, it's got to be George Pickens, right? I mean, yep. this was a guy – that Auburn was, I believe, his second offer, Jason. Correct me if I'm wrong. They were either his first or second. I want to say Mississippi State might have been his first offer. He camped at Auburn. Very few people knew who he was. You did. And I was learning about him. And he just lit it up at the Auburn Athletic Complex on the practice field. Then they moved the camp over to Jordan-Hare Stadium where he just made one one one-handed grab after the other. I believe I caught one of them on on, – uh, with a photo at, at one of the two fields and just impressed so much that night. Current players were watching the 
uh, current players at the time were watching it and, and were celebrating with him. He was absolutely unbelievable out there. And at the time was just a guy that wasn't even ranked. Auburn offers him. Auburn then gets a commitment from him, sort of out of the blue. He came over there one weekend, and uh, he was with his family, and it was uh, – uh, we started here and then <laughs> keep an eye on this. I think I put in a crystal ball pick yeah. in that morning and, uh, and he committed that afternoon. Uh, and then he was committed to Auburn for a long time, Jason, over well over a year. Auburn kept feeling good, but he wanted to take visits, but he reassured Auburn over and over there. I just need to see other things. Uh, and actually then visited Auburn after an official to Tennessee the last weekend before national signing day, two years ago, and or two cycles ago, rather, a Super Bowl Sunday, the entire staff basically uh, kind of went over there to the stadium and you know, walked them around, made them feel good. So Auburn went to bed that night and the next few nights feeling good. Uh, but what maybe Auburn didn't know was the night before signing day, Jason, Miami was feeling good, believe it or not. Tennessee was feeling good. Georgia was feeling good. I want to say there might even have been somebody else involved. Uh, and sure enough, on uh, on signing day, I drove over there thinking. I remember you and me talking, yeah. mm-hmm. thinking, "Boy, something's not right, man." It just didn't feel right. It yep. didn't feel. I need to be there. Normally, we don't necessarily go to a, a kid signing on signing day because, you know, Auburn, a school like Auburn, they're going to have twenty something guys signed. So how do we focus on just one guy? Um, but we thought we should go over there and we did. And he showed up in a, I want to say a red shirt and a black tie. And, uh, I don't want to say who, but I will say a college coach at another school, not Auburn, uh, called me up thinking, you know, I think my team's got a shot. Well, it wasn't his team that got him. <laughs> and so, uh, George Pickens had four people, four, four staffs thinking maybe, and Auburn felt good, yeah. uh, but he committed to Georgia and he's really been, and I know it's a long story, but he's really been, um, the guy over there, he absolutely has. I mean, when he when he keeps his cool, uh, yeah, obviously he got, uh, I want to say, ejected from a game against Georgia Tech last year. When he keeps his cool, he's probably one of the five or six best receivers right now in the SEC as a second-year guy. Jason, his impact is going to be felt in this game Saturday one way or another because yes. he's that important to that offense. He is. I mean, he's a guy that, that you have to know where he is. Yeah, you're right. He committed, you know, the summer before his junior year. Hoover High School was teammates with Cedric Jackson. Um, was committed for basically a year and a half almost. Um, that one's big. You know, a guy that hasn't panned out yet at Georgia, but a guy that Auburn made a top priority and, you know, I think people thought would have likely been Auburn's starting center had he chose the Tigers to play well. Um, I, that those, you know, it had been a long time since Georgia had come to Alabama and got somebody that both Auburn and Alabama wanted. They did them back-to-back cycles. You know, Clay Webb from Oxford High School hasn't done it yet, but Auburn was his first offer. J.B. Grimes offered him as a ninth grader, and Auburn was there from the get-go. Um, but in the end, chose Georgia, and that just hasn't hasn't worked out. He's a backup right now on a pretty talented offensive line group. Uh, but, you know, those those last couple of classes like that have, have been a couple of them that Auburn, uh, you know, fought for and didn't get. Yeah, Jason, uh, that was uh... – so, you know, when you record these things, you get text messages left, left and right, of course, and that sounds are popping up and the beeps and all that. But yeah, Clay Webb was a young guy. Somebody tapped on my shoulder, said, you might want to keep an eye on that guy. Uh, but, you know, the thing about him was, and, and no disrespect to Clay, uh, you and I, I think had a good relationship with him. Uh, he was ranked as a five-star center, but didn't play center in high school, always played tackle. And I went to one of his games, and he just didn't dominate, quite frankly. I mean, if we're going to be honest, we're going to be honest. He did not dominate. I didn't think he was a five-star. I thought he was very good, and he also had a great wrestling career. I mean, fantastic 
wrestling record. He's a great, great camp guy. Yeah, very good on the field. Very good guy, camp. By the way, good student. Show it, didn't show it in the games as much. Didn't show right. it in the games, yeah. So he's uh, kind of working a little uphill at Georgia, but you know, I'm not ready to write him off just yet. Nope. He's got that leverage from being a wrestler. We'll see how, how it turns out over there. But to me, you're right. Those are some of the big, the big stings, no question. But you got to start with Pickens. But uh, all right, when we come back, we're going to break down five recruiting battles from this current cycle. We'll run right through them, give you a kind of a little bit of insight on what kind of players they are and where we think they might be leaning. But first, we got to take a couple – uh, one commercial break. Maybe we'll throw in a couple commercials, but we'll be right back. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Jason, and we're back. More from the Auburn Undercover Podcast, Keith Niebuhr joined by Jason Caldwell. Well, Jason, we just told everybody about some big recruiting battles in the past, and, and not surprisingly, there's more big recruiting battles this cycle. And let's start with a, a guy that's going to announce fairly soon, and that's Jeremiah Williams, uh, outside linebacker, Buck from Birmingham Ramsey, 6'3", 224 pounds, top 100 national recruit. Uh, Auburn has uh, a huge lead in the crystal ball. And in fact, we're including Georgia because Georgia's in his final four along with Auburn, Oklahoma, and Florida. We think it's really coming down to Auburn and Florida. And he's going to announce his decision on October 10th and all signs right now. When you read the tea leaves, everything tells you Auburn, Auburn, Auburn with Florida probably second and Georgia third. But uh, Georgia has made a significant push over the last few months. Uh, they had a, a defensive end, a guy that plays a similar position to him, Elijah Judy, uh, decommit. Now, he could still end up back with Georgia, but right now he's, he's decommitted from Georgia. Um, so uh, we know Kirby Smart's had some one-on-one -on -one conversations with uh, Jeremiah Williams, but both of us think that Jeremiah Williams on October 10th, and by the way, his nickname is Scooby, we, think, uh, we both think he's going to uh, end up picking, picking Auburn. But, uh, Jason, you've seen him play. You've seen him uh, perform it, uh, in different settings. If Auburn is able to beat out Florida, Georgia, and Oklahoma for Jeremiah Williams like we project on October 10th, what would they be getting in him? Yeah, I think he's a powerful pass rush guy that can do some different things. Uh, I think first and foremost that's what he is. Now, he could he could play linebacker. He could do some different things. But when I see him, I see a difference maker getting off the edge, and, and that's what you got to have. you got to have those kind of guys. Um, but he's a guy that gives you versatility, but um, explosive. Um, Really good player, and I think I think a guy that's just now scratching the surface of what he's going to be on the next level. Yeah, outstanding player. You know, Jason, some guys, 
Yeah, people say, well, how do you know? Well, you know, look, I'm not a coach, but a lot of times when you go to a game, you start with just the, the eyeball test. And, you know, I went to one of his games earlier in this year, and there ain't nobody out on the field that looks as good in pads as this guy. So physically he's got it. Then you turn on the film, you watch him play in person, and you see that he's got all these attributes. But he looks the part, no doubt about that. Very smart kid, another guy. Probably, I think you could say, maybe one of the most personable recruits in the 2021 class in the South. Now, Jason, speaking of personable kids with big talent, Amarius Mims, a five-star offensive tackle from Cochran, Georgia, Bleckley County. I was just there. I'd never been there before. Cochran, Georgia, just southeast of uh, Warner Robins and Macon, and uh, a, a small area, a beautiful school, gr- a lot of great people there. He's six feet seven, 315 pounds, Jason, number six recruit in the country, number two offensive tackle in the country, big-time talent, Big-time personality. The crystal ball right now, which um, reflects media projections uh, for the top prospects in the country, has him 100% to Georgia. However, Tennessee has made it interesting. He's visited the Vols at least three or four times this summer. Uh, Remember, kids right now, they can't meet with coaches when they take these visits because of COVID-19. They can't tour the facilities. They just go on their own and hang out with players and walk around. He's been to Tennessee multiple times. He's been to Georgia multiple times. He's been to Alabama and Auburn once each in the last few months. He did visit Auburn twice earlier this year before uh, the the COVID pandemic kind of gripped the country. Uh, But right now, Jason, it feels like Auburn's probably sitting maybe tied for third with Alabama. Got some work to do. He's going to announce his decision on October 14th. If I was making my choice today, I would put that crystal ball pick on Georgia. Um, But he says, hey, I'm going to take more visits. It looks like he's going to be in Tennessee this weekend and Alabama the following weekend. And he did tell me last week when I met with him at his school, I want to visit Auburn one more time before I announce. The question is if he's going to be at Tennessee this week, and Alabama next week, and he's announcing the 14th. When would that take place? So that seems to be up in the air. I don't like Auburn's chances, Jason. We know he likes Auburn a lot, but it doesn't seem to be looking too great for the Tigers right now, despite his close relationship with the staff and offensive line coach Jack McNeil. But look, you've seen this guy in person. You've seen his film. I mean, he looks like a future first-round pick all the way, doesn't he? He's a big, impressive kid. And, you know, sometimes you get the feeling it doesn't always work out. But sometimes you get the feel of and, – and you go, man, this guy just kind of fits. Um, he kind of fits Auburn because of that small-town feel. He kind of reminds you a little bit of Montravius and Big Cat, um, you know, Zacchaeus Walker, some of those small-town Georgia guys that wound up at Auburn. He may not. He may not wind up at Auburn. But he has that feel. And uh, I think you look at opportunity. Um, there's a lot of opportunity for, for an offensive tackle to come in in this class and – um, maybe jump right in and, and be a starter. Um, so I think that's there for Auburn. But you're right, a little uphill battle, I think, when, when you talk about it with, with Georgia for Mary's Mims. All right. Again, my projections is Georgia right now with Tennessee next. But uh, all right, next on the list, another good one. I mean, J- Jason, this guy, uh, it's more upside with him, but the upside is, is really up. I mean, it's up there. And that's five-star linebacker, Smile Mondin, Dallas, Georgia, just west of Atlanta, Paulding County High School. Six feet three, 220 pounds, number 27 overall recruit in the country, number two outside linebacker. Again, 
a guy that is supremely athletic. I guess the question with him would be, does, does he want to get physical enough? That's something that he's going to have to work on. The athleticism is there. He plays on both sides. He's also a really good high school running back. His teammates love him. He's incredibly supportive. He's into the game. I mean, he's not just focused on himself. Right now, though, Georgia leads big with the crystal ball again. 100%, 100% of the picks are with Georgia for a five-star linebacker, Smile Mondin. However, when you talk to people with knowledge of this recruitment, they say, well, hold your horses here. Not so fast. Auburn is right there with Georgia. Some people think he's going to end up at Georgia. Some people, though, with knowledge of this recruitment say, no, 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 no. Georgia's chasing Auburn right now. Now, in Athens, I think there's some belief, Jason, right now that the longer this goes on, that might be the better scenario for Georgia because as the summer was coming to an end, people thought that Auburn had a, a, a good little bit of a lead there. Uh, Tennessee also a factor, but definitely sitting in third. We think it's going to come down to Auburn and Georgia, and the question is, when, would he, when will he decide? We don't have a firm date. We think it could be this fall, but, I mean, look, at one point it was going to be midsummer, then late summer. And now there's no date. He says he's focused on his season. I think he had a meniscus injury in his knee recently. So he's going to be out for at least a few weeks, maybe even the rest of his season, but an outstanding player. And the reason Jason, why Auburn is in this is because of his relationship with the linebackers coach, Travis Williams. They've really connected. They both have a love of music. Remember Travis Williams, T-Will, a musician, a rapper, a producer. He's still putting out freestyle rap songs on Twitter. Uh, They've really connected Jason, but what kind of talent is Smile Mondin? I think if you're drawing up a guy that that when you think about what NFL linebackers look like coming out of high school, I think he's what they look like. Um, because you look now, the importance of being, you know, guys that have played multiple positions, guys that play two ways, play other sports. I mean, those are the guys that wind up being big-time players on the next level. I mean, you talk about him playing running back, you watch him. He could, he could easily be an offensive player on the next level. He actually looks at home catching passes, doing things. He's an athlete. Um, but a guy that probably, when he gets into college, he's going to weigh 235, 240 pounds and be really fast and, and get downhill, do those things. So he is what you're looking for in terms of athleticism at the linebacker position. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. I, I think, Jason, this one's still too close to call. I think there's some optimism at Auburn. They want to take two linebackers in this class. Smile Mondin, clearly one of the – yeah, well, look, he's, he's the top target, let's be honest. I mean, Auburn's still working on some other guys. Trevin Wallace out of Georgia, they like a lot. They like Xavier Sori out of Florida. You know, they're still uh, – I think there's uh, – look, I wouldn't uh, – I don't think they ever stopped recruiting Barrett Carter, the four-star from Georgia who committed to Clemson. So Auburn um, probably only going to take two guys, like we said, Smile Mondin, top of the list. Auburn's got a good shot there. I still say it's 50-50, though. Maybe 51-49 uh, Auburn. Any thoughts there, Jason? Yeah, I, I think you're right, though, and that the longer it goes on, probably like Georgia's chances a little bit better because being in the state of Georgia where he is um, – it's easy to not only hop up there and, and take a visit if he wants to, but you hear so much more Georgia where he is. And so uh, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind a little bit. And it's one of the things we talked about with Auburn in this class is that it probably hurts Auburn as much as anybody not being able to bring guys on campus because it's such a campus feel. It's yeah. a, that family feel. People talk about it and you know people can say it's cliche or not, but it's absolutely a feel that people get when they get there. When you don't have those opportunities, to me, that maybe hurts some guys that are outside, you know, that that the state or guys that haven't visited a ton. Well, I, I think in the South, at least, look, they all sell, all these programs sell family to a certain extent. But 
I, I basically from doing this for a lot of years, I would say that I think that most people who do what we do uh, and, and study recruiting and follow recruiting coaches too would say Auburn and Clemson probably sell the family thing more than anybody. Hard to sell family over Zoom. Yes, it is. It, it makes it I very mean, difficult. Done, hey, look, Auburn's done a hell of a job, but it's not easy. Um, well, and you also, you know, people, you, you, when you think Auburn, you think small town for a lot of guys that maybe you haven't been there before. And then you show up and you go, you know, giant stadium, everything centrally located, unbelievable dorms, you know, getting ready to build a new football only facility, all those things that you maybe don't realize what the campus looks like. You just think small town Auburn. People tell you oh, it's a small town. But when you get to Auburn, you go, it's not nearly as small as I thought it was. And so it's hard to sell that too until you get guys there. Well, I will say this. There's two more guys here and they're very good defensive backs, Jason. Uh, the first one, we're going to start with Nylon Green, four-star corner from Covington, Georgia, just east of Atlanta. We had the guy west of Atlanta and smile mind. And now we're going east. Newton High School in Covington, Georgia, Georgia excuse me. Nylon Green, six feet two, 183 pounds, number 77 overall recruit in the country, number six cornerback in the country. Now the crystal ball is interesting here because Clemson leads with 100% of the picks. There's only been three picks. There hasn't been a pick made in months and months and months. And earlier this year, people thought Clemson led. Right now, nobody thinks Clemson leads. Most people say Georgia's trending, maybe trending big. Tennessee right there though probably the second team we think Georgia having the lead over Tennessee so where does Auburn fit in Auburn probably third maybe a chance to move up we're not hearing a ton of chatter these days about Auburn but we're not hearing a ton of chatter about anybody really this recruitment's kind of gone sort of quiet Uh, but again the buzz for the last couple of months has really been watch out for Georgia Um, so that's where we think things probably are right now when might he decide I don't know. I was at a school a few weeks ago and he said he wasn't sure. He thought he would maybe put out a top five or something first. Here's what he said about Auburn, though. It's amazing. They have a great defense, a great offense. They have a chance to win the national championship. So Auburn's hanging around, hoping for the best. I think this maybe is one, Jason, where if Auburn can beat Georgia this weekend, look, a lot of recruitments people think, oh, if God, if, if Auburn could just beat this team, it doesn't work that way. Kids have their own opinions of schools. They see opportunity. They have relationships with the coaches. But I think this one, uh, I really think that this one, this could be the eye-opener maybe, maybe if Auburn could pull this off, to get Auburn back toward the top of this recruitment. But, Jason, six feet, 283 pounds, listed at corner, but also probably could play safety fast, and he's got unbelievable length. Yeah, versatility. When you look at at what you got to have in the secondary now, you got to have guys that can do multiple things. He can cover, can run. But you're right, he's a guy that could easily play safety. We've seen, we've seen safeties. You know, there's, the traditional safety has changed some in the game with as much as people throwing the ball. you got to be able to cover ground, do some things. So, yeah, he could do a lot of different things. And, you know, when you start talking about it, I agree too. I, I think, you know, rarely does the a game impact recruiting. But I just, it just feels like this one could have that, you know, maybe with a couple of guys for Auburn if you, if you could go over there and get a win on Saturday. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm kidding myself, but I do feel like maybe that that helps with uh, with Nylon Green. And by the way, another fantastic kid. You know, that's kind of the common thread with these guys. These are these are now, look. We ne- you never really know. We get to know them not so much. Uh, look, they're not our children. Uh, we're not best friends with them. But from this point of view of a reporter dealing with a recruit, all these young guys have been pleasant to deal with. Uh, I'd probably put Amarius Mims at the top of that list. He's just about the most pleasant young guy you'd ever want to meet. But the smartest guy of this bunch, 
I don't know. It's a pretty bright group, Jason, but I'll tell you what, I wouldn't bet against Kamari Lasseter on an IQ test. I think he might take both of us down too. Uh, Tuscaloosa, American Christian cornerback, six feet, 185 pounds. I think, and I, Jason, I think you probably agree with me. He's the number 356, number, number 356 overall recruit in the country, number 26 cornerback. And it's my belief that he may be the most underrated player in the South right now. In the crystal ball, Auburn leads, but only one prediction's made. We expect him to have a decision sometime in the next three to four weeks. He's really down to three. Auburn, Clemson, and Georgia. Now, he lives in Tuscaloosa but he's from the Savannah area originally. There is a strong pull with the Bulldogs, Jason. Uh, But you've seen him play, and uh, this doesn't look like a three-star recruit to me. No, you're right. Uh, When when I watch Kamari Lasseter, I see, you know, early, early starter in college, and I think a guy that's going to be an all-conference type performer, maybe all-American. He is really good. Physical. He gets after it. And and this – give you a little insight about him. You mentioned him. He is a bright kid. Um, ask him, what's the, the thing you're working on the most? And he said, I want my guys to understand that, I want, that I'm, I'm going to be the leader. I want to be a leader that they can look up. When you hear a guy say that in high school, um, that's not normal. Normally it's, hey, I'm working on, you know, my whatever. No, he said leadership. And uh, when you hear that, that's a guy that has his ducks in a row. Um, but physical, can get after it. You know, 5'11", 6 foot, 185, solid package. He's a guy that you look like he could play at five different positions and he could probably succeed, and, and that's what you're looking for. Jason, he doesn't, as a cornerback, get challenged down the field very much, right? No, he does uh, not. Um, yeah. That's the one thing about sometimes. So, you know, they moved him to corner. They moved him to safety uh, when they played in Deshaun Morrell, uh, Bibb County High School, who's committed to UCLA. They moved you know, Kamari to safety and said, look, we want you to come downhill. They're not going to throw it a bunch. Come downhill, make tackles. They held Deshaun Morell in check, and Kamari Laster made plays on offense, defense, special teams. Um, yeah, th- those are kind of players that, uh, to me, are special. You've seen him in person. I've only seen his film. But what kind of struck me was even though he wasn't challenged – so when, he, when a guy's not challenged as a cornerback, you got to look for the other traits, right? Speed, field coverage. What really stood out to me was the explosion. What you saw in a lot of quick out passes was him just firing at the guy catching the ball. Yeah. Just that, that last five yards, just being – in the guy's face and physical with him in a flash, in an instant. Uh, Jason, this one's hard to read now. Look, the things working for Auburn are that, one, they have the relationships with him. They've been recruiting him longer than Georgia and Clemson. They've been there the whole time through. He's close with Wesley McGriff, the secondary coach at Auburn. He likes the staff. He likes the environment there. Um, Auburn's going to have a big DB class. Georgia's going to have a fairly big DB class. Clemson's working on some other guys, maybe only recruiting three guys and may only take one of those, Nylon Green in the bunch, another kid from another part of the country. Uh, Again, Clemson may only take one. So that's kind of appealing for a guy. Uh, So it's really hard to tell who might have the edge. So I'm going to lean on the relationships part and say, you know, people at Auburn think, well, let's put it this way. They're cautiously optimistic. They like where they sit. Uh, he was going to announce in August, and the feeling was, hey, it's all Auburn. And when he delayed it, you start thinking, okay, Georgia, Clemson, what, what's going to happen here? But no, Auburn still feels like they're very much in it. I just can't kind of pull the trigger on a crystal ball pick yet. Uh, and I talked to him a couple nights ago, and I'm not sure he knows where he's going just yet, Jason. Do you have any? Yeah, I agree. I like Auburn's chances, and that's kind of what I've said about it from the beginning. I like Auburn's chances here. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I think he's got a great relationship with Auburn. And something we're hearing a bunch of and that I think people need to to realize and recognize with this class 
is how involved Gus Malzahn is. Gus Malzahn is extremely involved in recruiting this class, whether it's, you know, Kamari Lasseter, we mentioned Jeremiah Williams, Kool-Aid, Jaquincy McKinstry. I mean, Gus Malzahn is almost taking point on a lot of these recruiting. He's very involved, and that makes a big difference for guys because not a lot of head coaches do that. And so I think that could be something that might work in Auburn's favor as well. Yeah, I keep hearing that each of the last two years after we've uh, beaten him pretty good on the golf course, he's needed a, a day or two to kind of get his head back, you know, get mentally, yeah, get, get the mental <laughs> acuity back. No, but uh, yeah, we've heard the same thing that, you know, Gus has been extremely active. You know, coaches are different when they're recruiting kids than they are in press con- conferences right. and talking to fans. So the Gus Malzahn that you and I see sometimes at these, these functions, yeah, press conferences, post game, all that stuff, uh, signing day, it's a different guy. Than, than the kids see. In fact, let's go back one, Scooby Williams, Jeremiah Williams, who we mentioned earlier in this segment. You know, he said, he said, Keith, I've already told the school that I'm going to that I'm coming. And I said, well, okay, without giving it all away, what was the main reason? He said relationship with the coach. And he means the head coach. Well, earlier this summer and subsequent times after that, he said, I'm closer with Gus Malzahn than any head coach recruiting me. And it's not even close. And so yeah. They built this fantastic relationship. So Gus heavily involved. He's an underrated recruiter. He's a, a very good closer. Uh, I mean, look, Auburn's worst class since he's been at Auburn, uh, since Gus has been with the Tigers as a head coach, is 12th. And they also had an 11th. Every other class has been in the top 10. And this year, they got a 50-50 shot of being in the top 10 again. And uh, you know, I was talking to Steve Wiltfong, director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports, and he told me today, he goes, man, Auburn's in it with some studs. Like, they got a really good chance – to finish strong. And Jason, there's not a ton of guys, but the eight to 10 guys that they're really focused on, they may get a lot of those guys. They got a real shot to finish with another top 10 class. Yeah. You, you start grabbing, you know, five stars and, and big time four stars, top 100 type players. And all of a sudden you look up and you're, you're jumping four and five spots at a time in terms of, of team rankings. And yeah, I agree. I think this class has a chance to finish extremely strong. Um, some of the guys we've talked about, uh, if they grab their fair share of these guys left, then this class is going to be another really good one. All right. The Deep South's oldest rivalry continues Saturday evening at Sanford Stadium in Athens, Georgia. Jason, gosh, we've seen so many of the guys from both teams play high school games, compete at camps, visit Auburn. Uh, a lot of great kids, a lot of great players, uh, a lot of great personalities. Should be a fun game. They all know each other. Um, and uh, so we'll do it again soon. We'll be back uh, later this week to break down that actual game. But, Jason, I want to thank you for, for joining me. That's Jason Caldwell of Inside the Auburn Tigers and 24-7 Sports. And I am Keith Niebuhr. Everybody have a safe week and get pumped up for Saturday's big game. There ain't nothing like the Deep South's oldest rivalry, I'll tell you that. Take care, everybody. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.